once again, rain pounds the Southland. This is Corey, and this is the early end of the podcast. Once again, <laughs> I keep wondering who rain is. <laughs> Good afternoon, everybody. It's Rob. Welcome to episode 394 of the early end of the podcast, coming to you from all over LA, but Corey is there at the early end of the studio, uh, gentrifying LA. Uh, one neighborhood at a time. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you for listening to our podcast of choice. The easiest way, anchor.fm forward slash O the Anthem. So I don't know what it is. My light is like especially bright today. Oh. So sorry I'm washed out, guys. But uh, I don't feel like fixing that. So <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah. So uh, the official baby countdown is on. Uh, Corey went from being a barely employed journeyman soundman to a... I'm choosing not to work, journeyman soundman. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I, I guess I would, uh, I would take issue with the journeyman soundman. <laughs> you know, you, I don't have a usual nine to five like most people do, but it, you know, it, it's fine. It's, it's okay. You just look for yeah, new work. I don't it's have, a, I don't have one of those jobs, or, or, or maybe it's job. I don't <laughs> know. It could be a soft J. Uh, my, my, uh. I, I have chosen because I would rather not be in the position where I'm like on set. And then all of a sudden I get a call where Rachel's like, my water broke. And I'm like, I can't really leave. right now. <laughs> like, I would sort of need to wait until somebody could like replace me, you know, like, uh, but, but also, rather you'd be than, like, like every man in history before 1981 and just not be there for the birth of your child. Just meet her at the hospital after my work is done. After I go yeah. home, drop off my briefcase, I have a steak, and then go to the hospital later. <laughs> a steak yes. and a cigar, and then hospital eventually. I, I mean, listen. Uh, I mean, yeah, that sounds like a good plan. I don't, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. It's, uh, generations of uh, men have been that doing that. Um, you choose to be a breeder. This is what happens. It's tough decisions. I, I think but the, I, I, I think the, the ill loved offspring of those men. <laughs> It would prove that it's not a fruitful idea to not be available Listen, for it. So, and I don't and, know if you watch Mad Men, but he was loved <laughs> by a lot of people. So, I'm uh, I, I'm, I, I want to be here for all these things. So I don't want to, I don't want to miss it, and therefore, uh, I'm taking time off to make sure that I'm here for the uh, hopeful first month of little Casey's life, and uh, yeah, and then I'll go back to work when I can. But uh. <laughs> It's going to, you know, like I, a lot of people who are parents or soon to be parents are coming to the realization that like there will have to be some sort of uh, considerations made for the fact that I'm going to have to be around for the kid, too. So, uh, you know, I, <laughs> it's tough, but, you know, it's it's uh, good get, as well. It's, it's a strong and and very unique position to say I work like three days a month and i am also not going to work during the first month i want my paternity leave <laughs> problem <bold>. is <laughs> the problem is there's nobody to pay me the maternity leave <laughs> <laughs> oh, apparently not everybody has that i guess uh, i, I, guess I could start cory corp a limited liability corporation and <laughs> founded in delaware and just uh, whoops, make there was a toxic spill. Sorry, uh, it's already out of business. And make and make uh the first month of my <laughs> my salary just be uh paternity leave. But uh, yeah, I don't know if anyone nobody's nobody's offered it to me, so I feel like it's not available to me. Well, I was just the thinking producers that, uh, I've recently worked with have been like, "Hey, heard you're having a kid. How about a couple days for nothing?" Uh, I you kind of already have Corey Corp. It's uh, you know uh. Daddy Warbucks says, 
what do, what do you need? What can I get for you? And then uh, everything gets taken care of. Uh, how, how you think these things work. Uh, I just, I love Rachel probably thought she was like, I got him now. I got him. And I got all of that. And he's like, she's about to learn today. She's about to learn today. Uh, <laughs> although I say, I joke and say that, but then uh, I've seen a lot of bye, bye baby, which by the way, bold on a company to put bye. Yeah. Twice in your, in the name of your uh, company, but good for you. Bye bye baby bags all over the place. Uh, there at the other end of the studios. Yeah. It's a, it's certainly a, it's going to be weird once like the child actually gets here. And like, there's a lot of stuff that's like still in boxes because there's no reason to set it up and just have it be in the way at the moment. But like, you know, at some point, like there's going to have to be a playpen put together and like, you know, like and a, a swing bassinet. And, yeah. So that you have somewhere to put the child who's coming to your house. The yes. bassinet is fine. We got that. We got that. And it's, it's out. It's ready. It's been tested. Oh, okay. Like, was that yesterday? It wasn't there this weekend. When no, no, I was no. There. It was, it, it's it's been ready and tested for like two weeks now. It, it really all oh, that needs just to be closed? done. Is it just a new place to put the clothes? Is there just clothes on it right now? <laughs> no, Tell no, me no. There's it's, clothes on it right it's now. It's in a bag. It's on its own carrying case, and then you unzip it, and then you just like quickly open it up like a lawn chair, and then you're good. Yes. So uh, yeah, it'll be fine. Uber, <laughs> sounds uber safe. Sounds uber safe. Uh, <laughs> I know when I think. Mm place for my child to sleep i automatically think of every lawn chair never having failed me whatsoever <laughs> every never, time it's been never been a solid. moment well hopefully she's not one of those pandemic babies that are like 48 pounds because <laughs> i have been <laughs> then, that thing, with, then that thing will definitely not happen i've been joking with going rachel because we saw the pandemic baby story that <laughs> uh, they're gonna give uh, rachel's gonna give birth to a 50 pound red hair freckled child and then Corey's just gonna leave it at the hospital that's gonna be the problem um is this where i can turn in the baby safe like is that around here somewhere there's it is one of those moments where like you know like i'm, I'm like i can't leave set and then rachel goes as goes and has the birth and then i show up and then she's like laura flynn boyle and there's like an 80 pound baby <laughs> in, like the back I of a <laughs> i immediately thought of family guy where uh Lois at um, <laughs> with Chris, baby Chris. Chris's birth, and she's just so raggled and tired. And this oh uh, man! Oh, well, classic are, family we are, guy. We are waiting on baby Baker's arrival, but uh, to turn into a solemn note, <laughs> as I laughed, we are no longer waiting to find the whereabouts of Brian Laundry, and that is the uh, or so I you think. This, Oh, I mean, yes. Uh, you know, uh, did he pull a? Um, I like. Oh, I've already forgotten the guy's name who killed him. I didn't kill himself. Billionaire, Pervile. Oh, uh, I know what you mean. Wait, this uh, is the, my my yeah, yeah. world moves so fast. I'm already off of this. I'm on to something else. Yeah. Uh, oh, fuck the one who. Yeah, who, it's gonna drive me crazy. Yeah. Anywho, he did. He didn't kill himself. It's that's the conspiracy. He didn't kill himself. So going with that and butchering that meme, well, somebody, um, somebody, uh, somebody was saying that, like, uh, I saw some ridiculous news story that was like, you know, linked to like, wouldn't it be cool if it were true dot com or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Very reliable source where it's just like, you know, like part of the body's DNA doesn't match with the Brian Laundry DNA, making us wonder mm. if he just like killed somebody. And then made it seem like it was him by sprinkling his DNA on it, which I was just like, also, how would you go news, about doing that? <laughs> like, just wait and see. This January twenty eighth, Trump 
will enter the White House triumphantly as president. Like, <laughs> oh, both those things sound like they're very legitimate and certainly <laughs> could happen. So, sure. Uh, but uh, yeah, so if you guys didn't follow, and I said it was a leading story, I guess, of the week, only because it happened on the same day the podcast came out last week. So we're like, oh, perfect yeah, we'll timing as always. That. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, so uh, investigators were in the um, park, state park, where uh, Brian had disappeared to. And uh, the waters apparently had come down from a storm that happened right after he disappeared. I don't know if anyone remembers that, but there was a huge storm and they were saying like, oh, this would be terrible to be caught out in. Um, and waters had come up. Now they finally gone down and they found like a bag and a notebook and the parents apparently identified that as his and the cadaver dogs brought in and they found human remains, which is almost never good. When they say human we, remains, what they mean is we're not going to show you a picture of it because it's gross. So. We, we, we talked about all that part leading up to uh the revelation that he was it was actually oh, Brian right. Laundry on Tuesday. It was the so confirmation that it was that. him. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So I mean somebody so was who was it. listening to the podcast wasn't out of sort. They just didn't, you know, they were under this is he uh like the will he won't he of is he dead it's the Schrodinger Brian Laundry, you know? Worst bachelor ever. <laughs> uh, also Likely the worst guy bachelor ever. Uh, although I guess we'll see. Um, that, that's another thing too. I think what everybody's asking is what about all the unanswered questions? And there was a notebook, which apparently is recoverable, uh, meaning not that they found it, but that they might be able to get some writing out of it. Mm. And I do, I do want to ask you this, Corey. So let's say there has been some sort of terrible accident or you get in a fight with your girl and you leave her in a parking lot, which I have done in my life. <laughs> <laughs> pull over all right get out <laughs> what are you gonna do sit out here i'm gonna call an uber <laughs> we're in the middle of yosemite you put the rachel accent on it but <laughs> being in baltimore is basically where i was when all that stuff happened, <laughs> just so it's clear um but yeah uh you pull over you let her out you go back like 20 minutes later after you cool down she's gone and then just never never answers her phone never shows up you go home. Oh, wait. She's dead? Oh, shit. So you go out into the wilderness, and you write the most, the tell-all of everything that happened in a notebook. Mm -hmm. And before they find your body, water comes in and just washes all the pages out. How would you, like, feel about that from, from heaven, I guess, that you Catholics believe in? What would, you, what would you think? I mean, I don't think that's what happened. <laughs> But like, okay, hypothetically, if he was innocent and he wrote, nobody will understand me. Here's what really happened. Oh, or, or uh, I, I mean, guess, like, I, I, I feel like make you sound guilty, but let's say that I you mean, like, did the, it. you actually killed her. The you being dead in the in the woods sounds the most guilty of all. Like yeah, that's the yeah, a little bit. And I mean, like, uh, as much as I am a proponent of the criminal justice system and finding like final closure and uh, you know a conviction in you know, jail time or execute whatever whatever the locality allows like if somebody does an awful crime in texas i know they're gonna get the fucking lethal injection so there's no point in re me really like losing a tear about it because texas is gonna texas you know florida is gonna florida i uh i think that <laughs> he kind of saved us a lot of trouble though if he realized how guilty he was and he was going to end up spending a lot of time in jail followed by being dead yeah, uh, yeah. Like, save you know, everybody some money and time. I mean, like you know, like I, I think it, it's not 
an uncommon, you know, you could put it into real terms of like if you found out you had like some sort of terminal illness and you had 10 days to live and you could you could do this radical expensive treatment that might give you an extra 10 days or you could just, you know, go shoot yourself or something like I'm not saying that, you know, like uh, there there are there are complicated reasons why people commit suicide, even in like high leverage situations like this. And, uh, you know, I imagine that the he knew that he was going to be sort of thought of as guilty. Yeah. If he did, if he killed himself. So like uh, or if he died somehow in the woods, like trying to stay off the radar, uh, you know, and I I could see why somebody would want to go out that way as opposed to, you know, jail and trial and jail and lethal injection, you know, like. Is it too? Oh no, they got uh, old Sparky back up and running in Florida. So, oh, I guess it wouldn't be Florida; it'd be Wyoming. So, yeah, it would be ga- the gas chamber. Um, but is it too soon to Photoshop Brian Laundry's face on the Pakistani dad watching the the cricket team? Like <laughs> the dis- yeah, the disappointed guy, disappointed guy. Uh, and above the story, be like notebook found ruined next to him, and just like you know, Brian Laundry being like. I wrote 95 pages. My whole life story. God. I mean, I'll say this as somebody who who uh, has an affinity for reading people's stories on the Internet and stuff like that. Uh, Most people can't write. Those things (laughs) that you're reading, that's not real literature, Corey. (laughs) If it's got a porn or a hub in some (laughs) form in the name, it's not literature. It's called lit erotica. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what you I couldn't were. remember the name of the website, but that is the name of the website. Something Corey has never gone to in his life. No, I'm saying, I'm saying uh, as somebody who's read, oh who's read stories. Oh my god, that's a deep fall. Like that's a it takes you back, right? Yeah, Jesus Christ. So for the back when it took ten minutes to load a picture, you're like, "Fuck this! I got imagination. I'll be fine." Casey, stop listening. So back in like the <laughs> in 2010 or so, uh, we weren't at the streaming point of the internet, so you were left no, with no. whatever porn you had on your computer, and like pictures that would take 15 minutes to load, or if you were industrious, you could read a story. Like, wait, wait, wait! Is- Don't forget though, there was also the if I can be the last one on the computer and the first one on the computer, I can use LimeWire to download a video, <laughs> but it's a risky proposition yeah. in case dad decides to check the news before it gets yeah. to work. <laughs> also that thing where you're like halfway through the download and you look and you're just like, Oh, nine gigs. This is definitely a virus. I don't know why I downloaded this. <laughs> nine gigs would, I, that's like a week of downloading. I don't, I can't even imagine how long that would take. They didn't have things that were that good. The fidelity was terrible. <laughs> it's just like basically watching late night on the actual TV where you're like fuzz, fuzz, fuzz. Oh, there's a boob. I saw a boob. <laughs> I saw a boob. Yeah, it was it was funny. It was funny that time in the internet. Uh <laughs> oh, we're so old. <laughs> uh I mean, yes, we're some one of us is having a, creating a human being. That's how old we are. Uh Although, as I argue, you don't need to be that old for that. I could have created a, I could have a 20 year old child right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, especially the way I was living. Anyway, <laughs> so Brian Laundry. Um, I mean, no, I, I, I kind of, you know, like uh, if you know that you're going to be found guilty and you're going to be seen as guilty for the rest of your life and the trial is just going to be long and expensive and, uh, you know, you're basically fighting technicalities and trying to get shit yeah. thrown out like. 
you're playing a zero sum game of I'm going to win this court proceeding. So like, yeah. you know, like I, I, I get why, you know, I kind of appreciate that we don't have to pay for the trial and the jail and the lethal injection and all that, you know, like, but for her parents though, like not ever knowing what happened, I, you know, like I, I think they know what happened. I think everyone kind of has pieced this all together and you know, him showing up dead is like the, the best verification that it was him for them, you know, like, and they can, they can come to terms but with it eventually. Showing up dead is the Baltimore version of waking up dead. Whereas all the normal people in the country say he died last night when he's showing up dead. Uh, yeah, everybody knew he was guilty. I don't know. Well, showing up, earn and earn. showing up dead to me is actually a very Baltimore thing because it's like you you stumble upon somebody who's dead. It's also true. So like if I, I in the house this showed up dead, I don't even know if I was if I was just outside of Sunoco back in Baltimore and Rob just found me like hunched over with gunshots in my chest and stuff like that. He'd be like, here's Corey showing up dead. I mean, also so, there's the, uh, he was late for work for three days and then, uh, yeah, showed, he up, showed dead. up dead. Yeah. <laughs> we realized that we were going to have to do some hiring one way or another. So we started, but then he showed up dead. So, uh, oh, but it, yes, it Brian, sounds, Brian it sounds very, up. it sounds very like, uh, uh, what's the what's the thing like the rainbow bridge or whatever it is like a very nice way of saying somebody's died. <laughs> like, oh, showed, oh, you uh, they've showed up dead, <laughs> like as opposed to. I don't know why when they've you been found bridge, in a in a hail of gunfire, they showed up when, dead. When you said rainbow bridge, immediately I went to, what does Mario have to do with any of this? <laughs> and then I realized. My brain is poison. It's just everything is immediately ruined. Charlie all... Day with the. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, so not we may are making light of an awkward awkward discussion, but Brian Laundry, uh, you know, I think the other thing I really hate about this is he showed up dead. <laughs> he was confirmed dead. It was confirmed it was him, and then immediately fell out of the news cycle. Everybody's like, "Oh, all right, well, cool." I was hoping anyway, for a whole nine months, nine months of Nancy Grace coverage on this thing. Like, where is Brian Laundry? <laughs> if I was him, no, I would have run to South America. Eventually, he gets found. Eventually, he goes on trial, and then there's nine Dog months. The bounty of hunter like... finds him. It's a Nancy Grace dog crossover episode. <laughs> Nancy Grace, the fugitive hunter. <laughs> literally, literally, uh, literally, nothing dies. It's just like I was watching a thing like. Uh, uh, there's no more no- one hit wonders. Yeah. Because even one hit wonders can stay in the public eye for enough that <laughs> like they're sort of famous for at least one other thing before they go. Uh, you had a really hit song and then you also had a line of nail polish that was popular for a little bit. And then I mean, you, even and then you, you had fade a hit away. song, you had a hit song. <laughs> and then after it went off the radio, somebody on TikTok made a funny meme about it. And then a ton of people made it. And now they're talking about this old, this song from the late 1900s. And you're like, <laughs> How fucking dare you? This How Vanessa Carl dare you. This Vanessa Carlton song. <laughs> uh yeah, by the way, uh uh the people at work think it's funny now to talk about how I was born in the latter part of the nineteen hundreds. Um while factory factually accurate uh mm-hmm. disturbs me on a very deep level. I'm like uh, He's out of line, but he's right. Um, <laughs> yes, I was born in the latter part of the twenty uh the twentieth century. Um but 
Uh, I mean, and then the, the person who said it to me was born in 2002. And I'm like, oh, fuck yourself. Uh, well, I mean, like it, it, it's also like uh, I don't think of the future in terms of like I think of the future in as much as I hear a, a date out loud. So like every once in a while, an athlete will sign a contract and it's like they're signed through 2027. And I'm like, now that's the longest number I can think of because that is the furthest end point somebody has given, you know, like. It is expected to last until 2035. Okay, that is now as far into the future as I can see because somebody's actually said the n- number out loud. You know what I mean? So, like, there's, like, a thing about Casey coming in 2020. Like, child is going to be born in 2021 where I'm just like, Jesus Christ, like, that's <laughs> the future. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Well, because I thought you were going to go with the um, – with the oh, I he signed until 2027, and then you think immediately, like, is that a like a nineteen year long contract? How long do they have him for? Oh wait, oh six, six years. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, fair enough. Somebody says thirty years ago, and you're like, all right, nineteen seventies. Oh no, ninety one. Ninety one is thirty years ago. Oi, yeah. Uh, uh, but so from one uh, one piece of shitty news to another, uh, everyone's talking about. Uh, I really Alec thought Baldwin. we were going to go to Trump, and I almost, uh, I almost said "piece of shit." You mean? And then I realized, like, oh god, I didn't say that because, uh, oh poor Alec Baldwin. Oh, so somebody who Alec played Baldwin. Trump. Uh, yeah, oh, very true. Uh, Alec Baldwin uh, was involved in a accidental shooting. Oh, look at me, all the way on the edge. Uh, no, I didn't fix that one. <laughs> All right, everybody's gonna have to look at me answering a work text while uh, that's while fine. Talking. Don't don't pay attention to the right side of the screen. Uh, Alec Baldwin, as everyone knows right now, is involved in an accidental shooting on a on the set of a movie called Rust, um, where the DP and uh, DP died and the director was severely injured uh, when a gun that was supposed to be a prop gun that turned out to have some sort of bullet or blank in it uh, was fired in the direction of camera. And, you know, we know what happened from there. Um, it's incredibly sad. Uh, I think about it a lot because, uh, you know, like I, a lot of the experience I have with guns on set are like the obviously fake ones, like <laughs> the the rubber ones and the, uh, uh, ones that don't have any kind of like working mechanism. It's not like they're an old gun that's been decommissioned. It's like a gun that never worked to begin with. Uh, but there have been times where there was live uh, ammo on something that I worked on, and there's a lot of precautions that are taken, and when those precautions aren't taken, people get seriously hurt or die. And that's what happened here. I mean, that's what happened with uh, the crow with uh brandon lee you know like and you know a lot of people just because you don't hear about people dying on set all the time doesn't mean that people don't get shot by some stupid gun uh that honestly doesn't need to be there in the first place that's my personal opinion i don't think we actually need the guns anymore because the special effects is so easy to do like it's so (laughs) it's so much easier to just add the fucking fire onto an obviously fake gun than it is to have something that needs to be like you need to have an armorer for. Uh, I don't know. Like, I I figured uh, I could talk a little bit about like what goes on in on set with the with guns. So yeah. maybe people who are reading stories sort of get an idea of like what happened here. Um, well, and I can, I just want to preface it just by saying like uh, I've seen 
uh, and I never, you know, my mind immediately goes to like, oh, which side of the spectrum, political spectrum are you on? Which isn't fair. But I've seen people like, well, why didn't Alec Baldwin? Like, bah, 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 bah. Uh, I'm sure you're going to get into this, but uh, the actor trusts that when somebody says, no, no, you're good. It's safe that it is. Because what the fuck does Alec Baldwin know about guns? He, he's like, all right, you give me the thing. And am I pulling the trigger or no? Yes, you're pulling the trigger because we want the puff of smoke when, it, uh, when you pull the trigger. And he does. And a bunch of wadding gets, you know, hyper sent and hit somebody in the chest or whatever. So um, I, I don't think Alec Baldwin as an actor is to blame. Now, as a producer, maybe there's some corners cut because they're trying to save money. I don't know. But as the actor who pulled the trigger, I don't think it's on him whatsoever. Um, no. I, we know actors. I, they just take direction. They do exactly what you say. Like, uh, good night, San Diego? <laughs> who the fuck put a question mark at the end of the... <laughs> well, I mean, like, I don't blame Alec Baldwin at all as an actor, correct? Uh, because, you know, th- this was all rehearsal, too. So... Uh, you know, there was a chance that he was asking them complex questions about how what they would see and how they wanted it. Like, yeah. do you want my are you going to see the gun? Do you need my finger on the outside of the trigger guard or do you need it like I'm actually going to pull the trigger? You know, that could have been a discussion because that was showing up on screen. And normally uh, you would try and do whatever you can if there was a gun, even if it had a blank or something like that in it to not have anyone behind the camera. You do what you call locking it off, which just basically means you lock the camera in place so that it can't move on the tripod. And then you don't need to have an actual person behind the camera. So if an actor points a gun at the lens, then it doesn't, uh, you know, accidentally go off and kill somebody, you know? Uh, But, you know, Baldwin as an actor, I don't, I don't blame the, the Baldwin producer part maybe because, it seems like this thing did not have enough money, uh, which is usually <laughs> the sign of uh, uh, safety not being of paramount concern. Um, I mean, a bunch of the people who were in the camera department quit the day of the accident, and they cited poor gun safety as one of yeah. the things that they were quitting over, which just makes this all the more uh, tragic. But uh, I don't know. Like, I, I, I feel like... Uh, I feel like uh, every set I've ever been on has been very strict when there's a gun. Like, there's only two or three people at most who touch it. You know, one of them's the actor, one of them's the armor, or like somebody within props who's acting as an armor, uh, and like maybe an assistant director or someone like that will be given or grip will be given permission to do it. But like, uh, nobody else is supposed to touch the gun at all. And, uh, you know, it, it's just really it, it seems like some somewhere along the line, something was missed. Either the armor didn't check to see if there was anything inside the gun uh, or maybe they just had it sitting there and they were about to get to it. And then the AD grabbed it and said, you know, oh, it's cold, which is like a sign that uh, it doesn't have any ammo in it. And then if you hear that, you're just trusting it. You know, like you're, you as an actor, you kind of have to separate yourself from the. You know, it's the the Meisner thing of like uh, pretending to act authentically in fake situations, stuff like that. So, like, you know, the moment that he has the gun and he's on the stage and he's on camera, he has to sort of behave like the guy who has the gun in the story that they're shooting right there. So, you know, like he might do things that he wouldn't necessarily do because he's trying to be in character. And, you know, like, it, it, I I can't even imagine how he's, like, he's got to feel truly awful 
<laughs> that he's involved in this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like, you know, if you made a, you know, if you made a mistake, uh, that cost somebody their life, like, you know, you start wondering like what you could have done differently, but like really nothing, nothing could have been done like that much differently. I don't think in that situation. I mean, like there's things that like, you know, they shouldn't have been behind the camera, but I mean, like if they're rehearsing it, they don't think, you know, like they also don't think that it's going to go off like that. And if somebody tells you that there's no bullets in it, then you're going to believe them. Uh, I usually like it when, a when somebody who's in charge of the gun, like sort of will open it up and like show you, you can look down the, the barrel and see that there's no bullets in there. Like, and they'll walk up to each crew member and just sort of show them down the barrel so that you can see it. Um, you know, perhaps that could have happened. <laughs> that could have happened and avoided this situation. But, uh, I, you know, I, mean, like, I feel like that is that is a uh, an extreme measure. And they weren't really taking that many measures at all, though. You know well, what yeah, I mean? I mean like, if the crew says that there was poor gun safety happening, I, I just believe it. I, I, I can just foresee a world where just a bunch of people were touching the gun. There was nobody who was like. You know, the the person who was working as the armor in this one, apparently, this is like her second big feature. <laughs> so, like, you know, she could have, uh, you know, she admitted on a podcast, actually, before her first feature that she didn't feel like she was, like, ready to do the job yet. But oh, then good. everything yeah. went smoothly on the first job. So she feels yeah. like she was better, I guess, for the second one. Uh, you know, and again, I, I'm not trying to, you know, somebody will be legally held responsible at some point but i you know i feel bad for everyone <laughs> sort of in the chain unless they did something truly negligent you know like yeah I, I, like, what, what was that what was that first feature oh um it was a town where there were no guns and a one one guy showed up with a gun and um he was the king of the town all right that doesn't exactly sound like the same <laughs> thing we're dealing with is the western where uh there's gonna be some gunfire and some horses um probably not the same thing yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I just, I, I really think we should just push for no guns, like, you know, <laughs> just nothing that's capable you of and firing. Every other communist looking for <laughs> no guns. I don't know if it's a communist thing. <laughs> no, communists love guns. Yeah, actually. no, I was gonna uh, say. I feel like centrist it's, Democrats. I feel it's all the guns out there. Uh, <laughs> but we, we just uh, last week talked about Ayatzi's, uh contract Deal. dispute. The deal that had been struck? <laughs> yeah, the uh, the deal that was reached. And, you know, a lot of people sort of brought up that uh, safety matters weren't being thoroughly addressed here. Like, uh, there's things that crew have always asked for that sort of, like, is, like, one of the first items to go. But usually the thing that they're asking for is something based off of, like, safety. So, like, the set on – or the crew on Rust, apparently, they were shooting in Santa Fe – but the yeah. hotel was in Albuquerque, which is like an hour away. So, uh, you know, you say to yourself like, oh, boo hoo. You know, they're flown out to New Mexico and they had to stay in Albuquerque instead. But, you know, if you're waking up an extra hour early to drive to set and then you're working 12 to 14 hours days and then you're driving home for an hour, you know, after five days of that, you get exhausted on the, on the last drive. You're driving home and you think that you're going to fall asleep behind the wheel. And a lot of people have fallen asleep behind the wheel and, you know, killed themselves and hurt themselves. And, you know, it's a very serious issue. And, you know, I, I think it would uh, help the people who are uh, 
members of IATSE who are not in favor of the deal that has been struck to say, like, listen, it's time to make real safety concerns paramount in any part of the negotiation. And, you know, a lot of good faith gestures by uh, producers on that front might actually help, uh, you know, make a deal go through if they went back to the negotiating table for that stuff alone. I mean, safety safety was on their list of demands, and it apparently was not in the finalized deal or not to the satisfaction of people who are pushing for safety anyway. Well, it's like because, uh, you know, like you're, you're always talking about safety in a construct for, you know, like for somebody who uh, there's a lot of the crew who maybe lived in Santa Fe and only yeah. four people needed to be housed. You know, so you're just like, you know, like, well, this isn't a problem for 95 percent of the crew who drives 10 minutes and gets home. Sure. It's like, but yeah, but, <laughs> you know, like just put us up in Santa Fe. Well, that would cost a production extra hundred dollars per person per night. You know, it's like, well, maybe you shouldn't do the movie then if you can't afford to do it. <laughs> like, I don't know. what well, to... I was gonna say, <clears throat> The um the Kellogg's workers are on strike. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we mentioned that, but they are Um, the other. And the people who are striking, 70% of them aren't going to be beneficiaries of what they're asking for. They are looking for um, this. They have this the a two-tier system with employees, and you can only have uh, up to 70% of the workforce in the top tier, which has better benefits and better pay. And the bottom tier uh, is called temporary or, or coming in workers. That that's 30% of the workforce. And actually that's what's capped by the 70% because otherwise the company would fire all the old people and hire a bunch of temps, but they can't. So that's what's capped. But they're striking to get better wages, better uh, healthcare, better everything for the 30% of workers. Mm-hmm. Because the way a union is supposed to work is that that's what you do. This doesn't impact me. It impacts you though, and that's very important. And I think if you ask the IATSE people and let's say 95% of them in Santa Fe, they would still say, no, they need to be here in Santa Fe with us. No, they, that is too much of a drive for them. Bring them here. And that is why, I mean, in IATSE's case, why it's so powerful, because it's not 95% of, uh, you know, the uh, grips, 95% of electrical. It's 95% of everyone here who is not a director, producer, or actor. That's well, it's, it. it's also like the, you know, like the rules are so kind of arbitrary based off of where you are like so you know in in la there's always been the the 30 mile zone the tmz yes. uh which is you know basically in the middle of hollywood you draw like a 30 mile diameter around the whole thing that's yeah, the 30 right, miles right down the street from my house is what is the center of the world and that's yeah. where the uh, center of that pin goes yeah and then uh uh basically if you are working inside of that 30 mile radius then uh well 60 mile you know, when you think of it, like on both ends, the whole radius, yeah. yes, uh, but like diameter, uh, if you will, you're uh, then you're uh, uh, held to a certain level of like, you know, like uh, you have this much time to get here. Like if you're shooting outside of it, the rules are completely different. You know, <laughs> like you know, yeah. it's like in one area that they're they're this way, and then outside of it, they're completely different. You know, if you're working Atlanta, there's no version of like a thirty mile zone, so it's just like wherever you come from. But in a lot of places, too, like, you know, in I know a lot of people who do stuff in Baltimore, but they live in North Carolina. Like yep. and they just drive up and, you know, pay for their own hotel and act like a local because that's the best way for them to get work. And it's just like 
that shouldn't be the you know you should pay people to like come up and work for you like they shouldn't be yeah. out of pocket to compete for a job you know like well, uh, and i was gonna say if, if you're in uh let's say you live in the san gabriel valley which for non-locals is to the east of la um and the set is fontana well i don't know how far of a drive fontana is uh vacaville is vacaville victorville vacaville is a town but yes i meant victorville vacaville is a town though by the way it's Cowtown. Um, but Victorville, from, from somewhere in the same Gabriel Valley, that might be like a 30-minute drive, right? But if you're coming from Hollywood or points east with traffic, that might be a two-hour drive. And, yeah, uh, I, mean, I mean, you regularly made it. It was like 90 minutes, right? I mean, it's probably like a if – if you were like in the – if you were in like Covina. Covina? Yeah. yeah like Covina just the edge, to... the, the edge of the TMZ. <laughs> Covina to uh, Victorville is probably like an hour or something drive. Okay. But like, you know, if you're coming from Hollywood, yeah, probably take an extra, depending on traffic, maybe take an extra hour to just get that. Yeah. Like if you're trying and to then if you're in fight morning Santa Barbara, rush hour traffic or something like that, then. But if you're Santa Barbara or Malibu or somewhere on the west edge of the TMZ, I mean, add another hour on top of that to get to Hollywood, plus an hour to get there and then plus an hour out. So, I mean, like. The, the, I think the idea with that is if you're in Fontana, you're out of town and you got to house people. You got to, you know, so they don't have to drive two hours back or three hours back home every day yeah, uh, or pay for it themselves. So I, it makes also, I was going to say Atlanta, uh, I, I know people I mean, who like, are commuting 60 minutes to Atlanta and they live 75 miles outside the city. It's just, like, it's not the same thing, but um, it should be really the same thing all the rules apply the same everywhere. I mean, like there, there were discussions at some point along the way of like maybe including portal to portal time, which is just like the moment you leave your house to the moment you get back to your house, which factors yeah. in for all the time oh. that you would spend driving. 12 uh, hour day. It was like, a and huge... it starts when you leave. Yeah. Like, you know, and they give in time for how long it takes, you know, you would be done at like 11 hours. So you could do your one hour on the road back, you know? Yeah. But I mean, like, these are all things that are like uh, would actually be beneficial for health and safety, would not cost production that much more money, and then would also be like uh, something that the crew would uniformly love, but also at the same time is like the first item off the budget you cut off. Yeah. Like, you know, just like when you have a one, you have a $10 million movie uh, and you only have a $5 million budget, you're starting to cut out things like portal to port. <laughs> you're just like, no way, can't afford that. You know, like your rate includes your kit. You're like, you know, you're coming up with any way to save money along the way. Like, we don't need catering. We'll just have Subway, like Chipotle one day. It's fine. Like, you're finding out thing. ways to like cut money. That's like if you have a business and you say, I can't pay more than seven twenty five an hour, or I can't stay in business. You have a bad business model. If you can't get it done and pay people a living wage, then you what? That's what you guys love this capitalist system. This system says. You should not be in business. You don't know what you're doing or yeah. it's not a profitable idea. So don't go into business. Oh, oh they're going to well, affect all of these small businesses with a $15 minimum wage. Okay. Or there's a bunch of small businesses that only stay afloat by paying slave wages I, to their workers. I will say before we get off this, I will say one thing in defense of IATSE. Uh uh, one thing in particular in defense of IATSE, because you brought up the lifting the the lowest paid at Kellogg's thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there were dramatic raises for the lowest paid positions in IATSE contracts. 
that was negotiated as part of this deal. So people who had traditionally been getting paid like nothing. I mean, like, you know, if you are a, <laughs> you know, if you're like head of a department, like if you're a, a sound mixer or a director of photography or like a steady cam op or, you know, like a key grip or any of these people, gaffer, like you can make a, a decent amount of money. If you're a PA, you are not making a decent amount of money. There is no yeah. PA that is getting paid like a decent living wage. And most of the time, they're doing that for as long as they can survive to make connections to be able to work something out. Like you're a PA for as short of a human uh, time as humanly possible until you get picked up as a grip or something like you know, like until somebody says, "Hey, can you do this?" And then yeah. you say yes, and then they ask you to do it again, and you get paid for that job instead. And uh, it's a consistent battle of like, am I going to run out of money first and like have to go home, which yeah. is inevitably they the go home is the part. It's like, these people are not the ones who are living like in the San Gabriel. They're coming from the top two percent of every high school in the country. Um, am I going to run out of money first, or am I going to make enough connections that someone says, "Hey, you were an extra. Do you want to be?" first ad on this thing i'm doing and roberto said i mean some guy says yeah absolutely i'll do that yeah i mean it, you know you you just sort of uh it, that's sort of how it works but i i'm i'm glad iatsi really really stood by that one i mean like it, yeah. you know it, it reminds me of uh tony gwynn they were interviewing him during the uh mlb strike in 94 and they were just like what do you have to gain from this and he's just like it's not about me it's about yeah. the people who are coming after me because people like me, when they were, you know, people at my position in the 70s, when they were, you know, doing strikes and trying to fight for better deals, were doing it for people like me. So I'm going to do it yep. for the next person who's going to come up like me. Like, I'm looking yep. out for them. You know, That's I'm, what a union is for. I'm going to get paid regardless of what happens here. You know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I, I got to look out for the next guy. Because, you know, somebody looked out for me before I came up. So... Yeah, yeah, and that's... they asked Bobby Benita the same thing, and he said, I'm going to make $1.7 million for the next 55 years. It's not about me. <laughs> Listen, if it don't come in the mailbox, I don't want to read about it. <laughs> um, well, from uh, I think it'd be really that... funny if he did get just that check like mailed to him every year. Only thing. I and want the... it mailed. Send it. <laughs> and then just like, he's like, the, like one of those people who's just like, fucking mail's delayed. It's been five days. I haven't got my check yet calling up them it's like you send that check you got dragging on that check <laughs> i assume bobby Bonilla does not have tiktok because if he did and he didn't shoot a video of him in a robe like dancing out to the mailbox he has missed a huge opportunity it's like make it a national holiday bobby Bonilla day it's already um, a national holiday but I, I would say i do think that uh i said this last week i do think that ayatsi's membership is never going to pass the deal that they agreed to so it'll probably go back have to go back to the table uh, that remains to be seen. I just think that this rust thing is uh, another nail in the coffin of, well, we can just sign this agreement we have. Uh, they're never going to agree, especially when stuff like this continues to happen. Um, and from one deal that is probably not going to get done to yet another deal that's probably not going to get done. Uh, the Build Back Better plan, actually, arguably, they're both really bad for middle-class Americans who are uh, trying the, the failure of the deal bad for middle-class Americans who are just trying to make a living. Here's the, but, here's the secret about Democrats bad for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> bad, yeah. Like, like Republicans are hey, really came, bad for poor people. And on the left Democrats we came up with a really popular plan and we're going to tax billionaires to get it done. Well, that sounds incredible. Oh, the billionaire said no. So we're just going to tax you instead. Well, that sounds shitty. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, no, you already supported it. It's fine. We're going to pass it. Don't <laughs> worry. You already about said it. you want a new Rosen Bridges. Too late now. What, how, bad, how bad you want it? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and let's, wait, let's start Cinema here. didn't actually say that the billionaire said no. She just said she didn't feel like it would benefit the people of her district, which what she meant is if he would give her money, which means billionaires. <laughs> I don't so. think she's once mentioned the people of Arizona <laughs> and any of the <laughs> things to. <laughs> Arizona uh, is, is merely just a means by which I got to the Senate. I I would do it in any I state. I don't care what. I don't I'm care just what gonna make the art. What's make the, the argument? state bird? I don't know. I fuck Arizona. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna make the argument, and uh, I will stand by this four years from now. They should just dig up John McCain and run him against her. <laughs> I bet you he will win. Just prop him up in the coffin with a thumb up, and we're good. Oh wait, no, thumb down. The thumb down. Yeah. And then it's going to be money. He's build it, win it, build it like an animatronic so it can just do thumbs up or thumbs down. Oh, the hall of, <laughs> yeah. the like hall of, of guys who were never presidents. Oh. <laughs> the, the, the hall of, oh, almost got it. Almost. Oh, oh. it'll be fast enough. Um, but not only is the Build Back Better plan not looking good, also, it has like nine different names now because everybody's making a version and calling it something else. So that's yeah. also not confusing at all. But Biden still calling it the Build Back Better plan and calling it that uh, as people shout, you suck. And uh, his rating just tumbles downward, uh, unfortunately. But I will point, I didn't say this in the, in the pre show call, but I will point out he still has a rating that is higher than one president at this point in his presidency. So there's that. <laughs> Second from the worst. Second from the worst. <laughs> and arguably, there's a chance this country is going to reelect the worst in two years. So, I mean, there's that. Because um, we never learn. Uh, but yeah, Trump Trump had a worse uh, approval rating at this point in his presidency. But yeah, he's and the I mean, only one who has worse. I mean, I... I feel like uh, I feel like most people had the same sort of general like my my approval of Biden at this moment is the lowest it's been. Like if you ask me to quantify it as a number, you know, it's yeah. definitely the lowest. And I think it's because I feel the way most people in America feel, which is uh, you got elected and I was going to give you a little bit of time to figure it out. Get your sea legs, like figure out what you've you were been gonna pre- do. you have been arguing for him for months now get with like, give it, let's give him a chance. Let's give him a chance. And you know what? Like there were parts of Trump where I said, give him a chance, like mostly before he actually took office and did shit. But, you know, there there was a I was I was saying the same thing for him, too. And then maybe there were good people on both sides. Let's just give it a chance. Okay? I definitely did not say that one. Uh, no, I, I, I just think that, uh, you know, he, he hasn't done shit and nobody else yeah. has done shit. And that's that yeah. that weighs on people like. Uh, I, I understand. Did you see his town hall, by the way? The one I was, I was watching a little bit of it earlier. Yeah. I, I didn't want, I don't really want to talk about it because, uh, but all I'm saying is someone at work brought it up and I said, what, this is what it looks like when you put a 70 year old man, 77 year old man on a stage for 90 minutes. He's just wandering around talking about nonsense. My, that's my dad. My dad yeah. will, you put him on stage in front of a hundred people. He will wander around and talk nonsense after a few minutes. Now well, he calls it religion. I say it's nonsense, <laughs> but I mean, I I feel that you know there was a time and place where like uh, if somebody had to deliver a speech in front of a group of important people, like I would task my dad with that. I'd say, yeah, you are capable of going up there and being cogent 
and delivering a speech in front of this in- this group of incredibly important people, you know. But I would tell him that when he was sixty or fifty five, <laughs> like you know, yeah. like yeah. you know, because I didn't really know him before that. Like I knew of him, but like I wasn't, you know, like I'm sure he was even sharper when he was thirty five. But I wasn't around for that point, you know. Yeah, but no, now you were you were around. Yeah, you just you know not really taking in the sights and <laughs> worried about your. Own but now shit, that now really? that my dad's you know seventy five. I, I can't, you know, like, I, I, I wouldn't trust him the same way to to handle that kind of situation. I, I will still because... argue, though, your dad or my dad, we put him up at a QAnon convention, it will be a hit. <laughs> like, this guy's making some sense. Like, no, he's not. He never makes sense. Well, I'm going to channel your dad real quick. Well, you guys are awfully friendly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I... Uh, <laughs> Some I, I, the way that he interconnects the QAnon conspiracies, and then I'm like, well, what about this one? He's like, no, no, that one's not true. <laughs> Same source. That one's not true. Okay, cool. Um, anyway, we're not talking about my dad. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about another 77 year old man who should not be running the country, Joe Biden. Yeah, I mean, um, like, I, it's again, I, I said this when he was running. It's not my fault that you all chose Biden. Like, you know, I was. <laughs> I was here sitting in California waiting for people to survive long enough for me to vote for them. And by the time <laughs> it came to be California, it was just Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. And I guess Elizabeth Warren was still running at that point. She was like way the fuck out of it. Yeah, Bernie, Bernie really had no realistic chance either. So it was basically like, are you going to vote for Bernie to thumb your nose at the eventual candidate? Or are you just going to get in line and join the Biden train? And I'm like, I choose not to join the Biden train. So therefore... I will thumb my nose at it and I'll vote for Bernie and, you know, we'll be good. Like, I, I want to make a proposal that will, I mean, it will destroy the constitutional republic that we have. But, <laughs> okay. Uh, and that is that California passes a law. And if you, if you send me to the state house, I will argue for this law. Uh, not running, but just if you send me there. Um, that the California primary be one week and one day before the what is it? Uh, Vermont? No, the New Hampshire primary. And New Hampshire's law says that its primary must be two days before any other primary. And we just start this continuum of we could never have an election again. Let's just let it go. So, so fun fact, uh, California is moving itself way the hell up. I think it, California not not to the front of the line though. No, but I think they're fourth now. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's before. Oh no, they lost. Iowa lost their shit after the shit that Iowa pulled this last one. They're not. I think it's Nevada first. No, New Hampshire's always first. New Hampshire, Nevada, but Nevada's a caucus, so I thought that yeah allowed. Well, it. Iowa's a caucus too, but the caucus is what it controls. That's how they pick their delegates. So okay, uh, anyway, I, I know that California is like three or four next time, and Iowa's okay. told to take a seat near the back. Yeah, so, well, hopefully like, we won't have nineteen people on stage in September that way. Like, let's just fucking clear this bitch out first. Somebody jumps out with hundred and seventy delegates, and you're like, all right, well. It's been real. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I mean, like, I, you know, again, I, I, I would love it if, you know, we voted for one of the young, hip, uh, with it candidates, not the 70 year olds. But uh, that's apparently not how this this whole thing works, because, you know, no matter what we do, we're going to run into a 70 year old somewhere because they're everywhere in the Congress. <laughs> so, well, listen, all I'm saying is they don't have to be. The guillotine they shouldn't be. be. They sharp. shouldn't they're be. Very... They shouldn't be. There should be an age limit to to running for office. Oh, I, if you could hypothetically, I don't vote. So if you hypothetically really could, uh, if you get to an age where the DMV might ask you to take a vision check, 
to renew your driver's license, I don't think you should be allowed to run for office in that state. Yeah. Yeah. If they say if Maryland says it's 70, you're not allowed to to just get your license renewed without coming in and then making sure that you're capable of driving still. Maybe you shouldn't be allowed to be governor at that point. Be fair, <laughs> like, though, maybe not the best barometer because my dad went and got his license renewed and less than two months later uh, passed out at the wheel and had a car accident. So I don't know if we want to put government in charge of who should be in the government. I just feel like this is this is probably a bad all, test. All I'm saying all. all I'm saying is that it is it takes away 75% of the most awful politicians we have if we just lop it off at 70 you know and say like nobody's allowed to because uh kristen cinema is definitely under 70 but she also should not be in a state house anywhere doing government so yeah but i mean like with all the corporate donations and the the things that control kristen cinema i feel like she's basically in spirit a 75 year old man you know like (laughs) 75 year old white man that's for sure yeah yeah, she's one of the she's like a she's like jeff flake only (laughs) only in the body of a of a woman, and you know, like it's what like, if, what if we had a place? Wouldn't it be uh, funny if it was Jeff Flake all along? Like if he just rips, <laughs> rips off the Kristen Cinema mask, and he's like, "Ha ha! You thought I've you got seen, rid of the old Flakester?" I've seen Jeff Flake. He doesn't have the, <laughs> the dimensions to pull off Kristen Cinema. All I'm saying. <laughs> but what if we took a place somewhere very nice, like Kansas? And we just took all everyone once they hit sixty five. I, I guess they all go to this place. I guess that's. Uh, I guess we're defining nice differently these days, but okay, go on. <laughs> well, listen, when you're seventy, you're probably going to be wanting to live out in the country somewhere. You're not going to want to be in the city. Well, you you know, like I think Florida more than like. Why don't we just put them all in okay. Florida? Yes, like, let's. We've already let's got a good Florida. head start there, and then yes. But only part of Florida. Let's just take the western half of Florida, <laughs> carve out Orlando, and then just end it. Why don't we just we go send down? Send everybody over seventy there. Why don't we just go down to Florida, find the people who are not the elderly, and then just politely ask them to spread themselves out around the rest of the South, and then <laughs> we can just like we can just have like an elderly population. It'll just be like a oh fuck, what's the what's the name of that place down there that has like a hundred thousand people in it? Boca Raton? No, 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 no. The, the one. Oh, the Glades. The, the Gla- no, or, no, the uh, retirement community. Fuck. Yeah, I thought it was called the Glades. No, it's something else. Okay, it doesn't matter. Okay, I I will agree to this with two conditions. One's for me, and one is for you. For me, I need to carve out from this reservation, uh, the city of Miami, South Beach, North Beach. Well, yeah, because I'm... the. I do not know a place where the girls just forget that, you know, morality exists, that they're, <laughs> they're in public. Nothing beats a margarita it's as big the, as your head. It's the head. tropical air that hits you and you you lose all <laughs> semblance of what, what you're and supposed to be you, doing. And you, I yeah. want to carve out Orlando and the surrounding areas. For because otherwise you're going to have to go to Disney here in California, which is the goddamn worst. And who wants to do <laughs> Universal Studios Hollywood is fucking terrible the one in florida is the one to go to even with the humidity and the uh tropical storm so we'll carve out those two islands i disagree and the rest and then we don't need sports so you can just you can just get rid of all the places they don't deserve sports (laughs) anyway and you know what if they field a team full of 70 year olds they might do better well i mean the bucks do have tom brady so (laughs) i was gonna say they're already in the habit of getting them i think this is the plan that could work and then if things go really bad you just you know 
I don't want to say start a wildfire, but like something to just I burn show, it from the on, top down to the bottom. I show, I show up, uh, show up at the border of Florida with Rob, and I'm just like, "Is the plan complete?" And you're like, "Sure is. We fenced off Miami, so we got that part all taken yep, care of. It's all and good. Then, yep. Uh, just the rest are just old people. I got rid of uh, I got rid of everyone who wasn't an old person. It's like, oh great, what'd you do with them? Do with them? <laughs> I was supposed to do something with them once I. Where we are just, they? We just got uh, I don't know. I, they're around they're here somewhere. Wandering around naked in the wild like God intended. It's like fucking Westworld. They're all just <laughs> lined up naked in a garage somewhere. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't. The, here's the problem with that story, Corey, is that uh, when you give somebody that kind of power, we would show up, you know, five, ten years from now. And we'd be like, everything's set. Yep. Walls up. All right. All the old people are on the other side. And then they look at us and tilt their head and they're like almost and then they walk us through the gate to the other side and lock it behind us because we think we're 22 and we're not going to be 40 very soon out foxed so, by these goddamn old people like these fucking gen z is the worst generation ever i scream from the other side of the fence and nobody's listening to me okay boomer comes a voice from See, the, other I, side. The, the worst part is i feel like millennials when we get to be 70 and 75 yeah. are going to have more than enough like common sense that we're just going to be like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to back out of this peacefully. I'm all I'm all done. I'm good. Uh, meanwhile, the boomers just won't let it die. Like they're just like, no, yeah. every single moment I can have power until the very end. Like, please. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Uh, Gen A or whatever we're going to call like Maxon and, and Casey's generation. Mm. Um, also, uh, having grown up in poverty. Uh, they're going to be much like the boomer generation, ironically. And then we cycle back again. Yeah. The people who are like, oh, well, I grew up in the de- my dad. I grew up in the Depression, so I didn't have no different way of life. We don't waste anything. Uh, you know, Max and Casey are washing their clothes in a river. They're going to appreciate <laughs> when it all comes back around, but then they're going to hold on to power because they're like, no, I, I know what it's like to be not there. When, we, when they buy houses for 50 grand and... <laughs> Yeah, working at McDonald's. Like, how'd you buy your first house? Worked at McDonald's. What? How? Was it? Oh yeah, start starting at like seventeen. I got this house is like twenty five thousand dollars. Oh, God, uh, I still can't afford a house because I'm still in debt four hundred thousand. Because student loans just never got any smaller. I don't know what to tell you. Got to pay them for that. But um, when it comes to the deal, the Build Back Better plan, yeah. uh, there are two obviously people who have been standing out. One is Senator Manchin, who is a um, a coal guy from coal country who made his money in coal and then surprise, surprise, doesn't want environmental protections in the bill. Who would have guessed? Right. And the other is the aforementioned Kristen Cinema, who, um, much like, uh, you know, uh, you might consider a prostitute, is just, a, you know, available for whoever's got the most dough and um, continues to be available for whoever gets the most dough. Or, yeah, and right now, pharmaceuticals seems, like to seems, to be the, yes. <laughs> seems to be the John of the day. I mean, also pharmaceuticals and the CEOs of those companies who don't want their companies taxed, but also don't want to be taxed personally either. Right. So, well, um, yeah, that that's the interesting. You know, cinema wants to get rid of. Uh, by the way, if you want to look up the most popular things that get pulled around America, uh, being able to negotiate in group for discounts on prescription drugs is like a high nineties <laughs> issue. Yes, there's not because here's the thing. Uh. A high nineties amount of people have to buy prescriptions at some point or another. Yeah. Like there, there's a very few, there's a very oh. small carve out of people who never have to buy a prescription. And the Christian first time Cinema you go, does. 
She Where's, has to. It's just free with her government insurance that she doesn't want anyone else to have. Yeah, I mean, and for me and you, if we have to go buy some pill, it'll mm-hmm. be $900 because, oh, you know. My, uh, did I mention this? That the You know, obviously, I, I was wearing the glasses at the beginning. I'm still wearing the glasses. This bottle, not this bottle, because this is the generic. I finally convinced them to give me the generic. <laughs> the re- named version of this is $500. Not like, oh, you get a lifetime supply. This bottle is $500. Yeah. With my insurance. That's with my insurance. Like, right. what the fuck is wrong? And Ugh. and uh, Crescent Cinema doesn't think that it should be a penny cheaper because capitalism. So, yeah. Yeah. and that billionaires shouldn't be responsible for paying all this because the, they're the ones who create all the jobs and the trickle-down economy and all that sort of stuff that Jeff Lake is parroting through her mouth hole. Okay, wait, uh, I've got another plan. Forget a John McCain. We dig up Ronald Reagan and we put him up. Oh, wait, wait, that'll never work. He'll, he'll fucking, never get elected. Fucking liberal, they would say, oh, as Christ. as he spouts his most conservative bullshit. Oh. There should anyway. be a guest worker visa for people coming across from Mexico. Got you suck, in. Reagan. <laughs> oh, Ronald Reagan, a communist? <laughs> Well, if he's going to say communist, if it looks like a duck and it quacks like a duck. It's fucking Alexandria Ocasio-Reagan. I feel like we have a skit somewhere here we should film about Alexandria Ocasio. I have Reagan have (laughs) Ocasio-Cortez. I feel like Katya could pull that off. I feel like she could do it. Um, She's got chops. We're gonna Arguably, have to get... Roberto could as well. He's really good. We should get the him. makeup guy to just do jowls on her. Just like, jowls. Right? <laughs> uh, let her play Cold uh, Black Ops Cold War. She can see Reagan on there and uh, get a little impression going. Because the guy who does Reagan on the game is not good. It's like the spirit of the the, the voice, but it's not even close. So it's good for her. Like, all right. My my favorite Reagan impression, still and forever and always to this day, is Phil Hartman. Oh yeah. <laughs> when he does the when he's like talking about like uh uh talking to oh, all his yes. military we, generals <laughs> and he's yeah. just like here's the plan. I've negotiated it personally. <laughs> all you guys have to do is call it in when I say it's time and then we'll get the money and it's just like the girl who the sold the most ghost go- cookies is here to see you. It's like god damn it. It's the part of the job I hate the most. It's like get away. Get away. Get in this other room. And then as soon as all the people disappear and it's like this little girl and a guy with a camera taking pictures, it's just like, Will, if you're so good at <laughs> selling cookies, I should have you sell Congress. <laughs> By the way, that clip is older than very nearly everyone who listens, including, I believe, almost us. I do does, believe that is like an 83 does. or 82. So I think I think that one was like 86 or so, but yes. Oh, okay. All right. So not quite. I, I saw it later. I didn't see it at the time. I'll tell you no. that much. Um, but uh, before we get off of, of uh, the, the Build Back Better plan, uh, despite everyone's objections, it has been predicted they will have a deal by the end of the week, which means Biden is going to capitulate and just give everybody what they want to get this passed. And then forever it'll be the Build Back Better plan. You remember Joe Biden's thing? You're like, yeah, they didn't do fuck all, but it'll have it'll be his thing. So he'll have it forever. What really bothers me about it is that we've negotiated it down to getting rid of all the things that I feel like it couldn't afford to necessarily like. For me, the climate provisions that it was going to offer, while not anywhere close to what should actually be done, was the most honest attempt to really sort of get ahead of this whole thing in a way. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, well, well, by the way, eh, not get ahead. Uh, deal with the problem that is already on top of us. As far as no as far as run. government bills go, this is as oh, close yeah. to getting ahead of it as we will ever get. Uh, and the fact that all this stuff is basically just like carte blanche gone because Joe Manchin won't deal with it. Uh, you know, there the reason why there's a lot of people like Rob and I who are pushing for the uh ab- abolition of the filibuster so that we can pass things like the John John Lewis Voting Rights Act is because uh there's a decent enough chance that uh starting in a year uh when people start voting for Congress and Senate again in the midterms uh the Democratic Party will not be uh the will not have the majority in either house nope uh will probably lose the presidency and then who well, knows later, yeah. who knows when the next time you have any kind of anything close to a 50-50 senate and a, a majority in the house and a president in the white house like and can i be clear about you this? know that that happened this? The, the last time it happened before this was like fucking 2008 or oh that's right right obama did have a majority in both he had a majority in both then he had like a couple senators to spare which made it yep. <laughs> made it easy for him yep and then he lost it in the midterms at one point and he never got it back and then he never got anything done Yep, and uh, that's why Obamacare was shit because they had to make a deal with the fucking Republicans about what it would look like. Not only that, but Democrats and and that one too had to negotiate. Yeah, you know, like because uh, fucking what's his face, the one who ran for vice president, Joe Lieberman. Joe Lieberman. Uh, Lieberman. Joe Lieberman yeah. fucking torpedoed the whole. They had an agreement in principle, and Joe Lieberman was the swing vote, and he said, "I'm not going to do it unless you do this, this, and this." And he's just like, "Oh, the most important aspects of the bill." Yeah, sure. And then yeah, eventually, this watered down shit got uh, put through. And it's great in theory because, uh, you know, Obamacare is still sort of like the law of the land. But the problem is people don't remember what it was like before when I was 22 off my parents insurance and just like, oh, I have the flu or I have a a head cold. I'll let that go. And then two years later, I lost like 60 percent of my hearing in one year. Like, oh, what are you going to do? I don't have money to pay for a doctor. And that is I want to say uh, we talked about unions earlier. This doesn't benefit me at all. I'm fucking rich. I am rich. I none of this is good for me. I, I like. I make a very healthy salary. I don't need free health care. I don't need. Invi- I'm single. I'm not gonna have kids. I don't care about the environment. Burn the whole fucking planet down. It's gonna take more than forty years, and I'll be dead in forty years. So fuck it. I do this not for me, but for everyone else. All the breeders out there who just. Pull-out game is so weak <laughs> that they just reproduce unbelievably. <laughs> I do it for you. And the children that, that come from the, you know, bad pull-out game. Anyway. Well, uh, we've already decided. Yet another episode we can't show to your daughter. I get it, yes. Grizzly Cinema has, uh, has decided that uh, even though... The perfect per- person to or the be- perfect people to help pay for the whole build back better agenda would be uh, billionaires who are not taxed and corporations who are not taxed. Uh, she said, no, I don't want to tax those people. So apparently as a as a another way of getting the money that they would need for the build back better agenda, uh, Janet Yellen, the secretary of the Treasury, has proposed uh, taxing speculative capital gains. Uh, which is, in my mind, uh, hold on, I'll say this. Uh, hypothetically, I think there should be some sort of floor. You know, I, I would be fine with 
if you have more than you know, $10 million or $50 million in investments, then perhaps you can start getting taxed on speculative capital gains. But uh, generally speaking, I think this is a really fucking dumb idea. And uh, wait, wait, and, and I, I don't necessarily disagree with the floor because, um, again, Jeff Bezos has no money. He is not a very wealthy man. I, I mean, he's not in the top echelon of what like Saudi princes have oil in the ground. That is a real thing that will produce at least uh, more money every day until it runs out. Uh, Jeff Bezos has a, a large share of Amazon stock, which is highly valued and a spaceflight company that is highly valued. But in reality, the benefit to that is he can build a $175 million mansion because someone gives him a loan against that, those ca that capital that he holds. Yeah. That's the benefit of it. And, um, so here, he's, like, he's like, I want to build that, that mansion. They give him the money, and then he pays it back because he also gets paid very well. But uh, I, Corey, in our pre-show call, you use our, our example of like me trying to buy a building, and they say, "Oh, well, you, you make six figures, so maybe that building, but certainly not this old uh, building with the is that a T on it? Nope, nope, it was never owned by anybody who had a last name T. That is not <laughs> uh, how this building has ever been owned. Um, but the reality is, I could buy like a twenty thousand um, dollar house." on my salary. Uh, Jeff Bezos can afford a $175 million house, not because of his salary, but because he owns all of the, the controlling share of this stock. And yeah. that stock has a value, at least for now. But I mean, like Remember the problem- Enron, Bezos. Remember Enron. Enron. <laughs> the problem here, uh, and you know, again, Rob and I have very different ideas of like, what qualifies you as absurdly rich. I am rich. But, I like, know that <laughs> I am not absurdly I feel like rich. The a a proposed taxation on speculative capital gains will only impact people who have the uh those those things that would be gaining in capital gains taxes in an account that's linked to their name. So yes. if you're a doctor or a lawyer or a dentist or you know a bank vice president or something like that, somebody who makes a lot of money, uh you know you make six figures a year or something like that. You know, you have a stockbroker at, you know, Morgan Stanley or something like that. And you, you give them money to invest in the stock market and you watch it grow, hopefully, over the course of however long you have it in there. You know, you get dividends, you get uh, you see the value of the thing go up. And then eventually, if you want to sell the stock and like buy a, you know, a, a second home or something like that, then you would or pay fifth or six. What? Or fifth or sixth. Home. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know, you would pay <laughs> you would pay thirty seven percent capital gains tax and uh, on whatever you were taking out, and then you would be you would have the money. Um, but the problem is, uh, my example, much like Apple, Apple has a bunch of money trapped overseas. Yeah, they can't get it back to the U.S. So what they do is they get a U.S. bank to give them money, and then they default on the loan overseas, and the bank seizes that money in there. And now they still have the money in the U.S. Well, don't forget, during the Trump administration, there was also a tax holiday that was put on bringing money back oh, over from true. overseas. Yes. Mind, it's not there anymore. And that money was used so Apple could start its own film company and streaming network. And so I have watched Ted Lasso. So we got we got I all that money out of Ireland that. so that we could have Ted Lasso. So you're welcome. Which almost is worth it. Uh, <laughs> you're I mean, welcome. It, 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 he's a national treasure, really. Um <laughs> 
It's a show that Americans love about two things that Americans hate, which I don't understand, but people like it. So that's good. I, You know what, though? It's funny, like, because I talk to people all the time about, like, what streaming services they have. And yeah. I have not I've heard, like, four people tell me they have Apple TV Plus, like four I have Apple TV Plus. I know you're one of the four that I'm counting. But I'm saying, like, I've heard, like, four people say that they have it. Yet everyone's seen Ted Lasso. And I don't, under- <laughs> I don't understand how this happens. Oh, because like, you do. Uh, you get a free trial like Paramount, like. You could just put in your email and get a free trial for like uh, seven days or 14 days. Yeah. Like, all right, I guess I'm binging Ted Lasso over the next week. Cool. <laughs> and that's um, why nobody knows any other Apple TV shows. It's just, yeah. <laughs> the only thing I watched also, was Ted Lasso. I only had a week trial. <laughs> also, though, um, when you don't pop out a bunch of kids, you have what's called a discretionary amount of income. <laughs> My discretionary budget, I spend on cutting the cord because I don't want to pay for cable. So instead, I pay twice as much to get every streaming service I yeah. possibly can. <laughs> uh, oh, but yeah, I, I mean, like what what I think is dumb about this, what Janet Yellen is saying is not necessarily that uh, she has an idea for, you know, speculative capital gains taxes, but that she didn't leave any groundwork for it. So, I yeah, mean, like just threw it out there, just threw it out there. If Rob has a hundred dollars worth of stock, right? And he buy, he buys one share of a hundred dollar company, Boeing or what something. What if I buy a million shares of a coin that is gonna one hundred percent increase in value over the next few years? Listen, listen, my Shiba is looking impressive right now. If I took it out, uh, I'd be able to buy lunch, no problem. Well, and listen, luckily, <laughs> uh, you're not you know bringing new life into this world that will be impacted by climate change that's being in- created by uh, all this Bitcoin. But anyway, go ahead, go ahead. Tell no, me. Uh, but basically, what I'm saying is like by by not laying any of the groundwork for <laughs> what you're proposing here, uh, you've left us in the position where we're just wildly speculating, which means that like you know Rob buys a stock that costs a hundred dollars, and over the course of a year, it goes up to a hundred fifty dollars, right? And then he's taxed on the value of that $150 stock, the the $50 that he's gained, you're going to pay 37% on. And then you're again, speculating. Yes. And then again, when you eventually sell it a year later, you're going to pay 37% on the 150 as mm-hmm. opposed to the 100, you know, well, like just to be straightforward, I wouldn't because I don't invest in stocks. I don't have or if cri- you, cryptocurrency, I don't have a retirement account. I have nothing. If you have a I home, just plan on being found dead and wrapped in newspapers uh, at you know the age of like forty five and being put out on the curb on trash day. That's my my. If you have an God, investment property, point. you're going to be paying thirty seven percent gains on whatever you're you're doing every year. That would make me a landlord, and I am the already a terrible person. <laughs> the only thing I could do to make it worse was to be a landlord uh, or uh, to start a company and therefore be uh, a capitalist. So. Well, the guy. I'm a bad example. I'm yeah. not the one. Um, yeah. I ride a bird uh, scooter everywhere because uh, I don't need a car. And there's a lot of stuff in a car that are bad for the environment. And also the car is bad for the environment. So, um, you know, I don't need all, it. So all I'm saying it. is that Democrats plan once uh, we can't tax the billionaires is thrown out the window and we can't tax the companies is thrown out the window. Tax is, let's tax anybody who has capital gains. Which yeah. instantly you say to yourself, capital gains, that's somebody, that's only Jeff Bezos and, and Elon Musk. No. Normal people, yes. <laughs> Normal people that. have paid capital no, gains. No, no, no. Normal people say that. Corey, who has this idea in his head of capital gains that it has never been defined anywhere in the world, is literally, like, oh no, this is going to impact any, Rob's $10 investment. 
literally any kind of investment would would fall under that category. There, there, nothing has been defined. She's just wildly speculating about capital gains in general. Right, but I'm saying if you don't come in here with a plan as to what constitutes your tax and at what level it starts beginning, and you know, like at what point, if you get, you know, say, uh, say you were walking down the streets of Hollywood, and some mm-hmm. guy said, "Look at that! Look at that hot piece of ass! I need him to work for Warner Brothers." You know, and then you become an executive vice president that is a of Warner very Brothers. Very weird. First of all, I don't believe it at all because the guy, <laughs> the guy who makes those two comments back to back, uh, doesn't work for Warner Brothers. He doesn't have for good vision. The Warner Brothers, uh, some drug dealers that uh, live further down the block. No, but I'm saying he sees you. He's just like I've never seen a man ride a bird like that. I need to have him in my company. And then you become an executive vice president of <laughs> of mobility at Warner Brothers. Sure. Uh, yes. And Mobility. as part, <laughs> and as part of your, as part of your, uh, your annual salary, you mm-hmm. also get some stock options. I and sell now, them immediately. And now, immediately, I sell them. And now, this Warner Brothers stock that you have, yeah, uh, is just uh, making money and uh, getting you taxed extra, just for you were given a benefit. And now you're paying taxes on it. So you know what I would do? I would say, hey, I don't want your stock options. Um, give it to me in cash. Give it to me give in Bitcoin. Me cash. Yes. Uh, because in the end, um, listen, they're going to seize any of my tax return anyway. So I would rather just have the cash now and then get taxed on it regular. And then the government can keep that part. You make fun of it. But uh, but uh, Russell Kong a couple of years ago uh, signed a contract where he wanted to be paid half cash and half Bitcoin. And when he signed that deal, he was the 19th highest paid left tackle in the NFL. Yep. And uh, two years in, he was the fourth richest <laughs> left tackle in the NFL. So, you know, like sometimes these benefits. Uh, yeah. Uh, and you if he's smart, you sneeze as, at them. Soon, as soon as it hits his Bitcoin wallet, he <laughs> turns that motherfucker into cash and then gets out. That's it. That's all I'm saying. All I'm saying is that deal is working out a lot better for Russell Okung now than it was back then. And he was doing really well for himself back then. Oh, um, the millionaire got more rich. Good to know. <laughs> um, anyway. Let's just blast through the last topic because we're already at like, I can't even read it because I don't have my glasses. 120. Yeah. Um, but here's the deal. Uh, there was a command center for the coup that has been revealed. It was at a hotel outside of D.C. and then moved to a hotel right downtown called the Willard. Um, it's like right by the White House. That, yeah, it, it's likely that the term lobbyist became the term lobbyist because of Union General who became president, whose name is just flew out of my head. Um, Grant? Unless he's Grant used to go to a hotel, which I'm pretty sure was the Willard, and get drunk at the lobby because the White House staff would not serve him to excess. So he would leave the White House (laughs) to go get drunk at a hotel. And the term lobbyist came out because people would find him drunk and get him to agree to things and then show up at the White House the next day and be like, oh, no, the president said we this were go on this. So they started becoming known as lobbyists because they would wait at the lobby of the hotel. So... Uh, it turns out the coup planned at the Willard Hotel, and uh, much like Ulysses Grant, only I guess in the reverse, congressmen, senators, all people, and when you're thinking the list in your head of who would have been part of the planning for the coup, they're on the list. It's them. They would go to the Willard and meet with the people who were not working in government, uh, but also planning a coup. And if this says to you, this sounds like some kind of spy thriller, <laughs> Certainly at the end of this, somebody's going to get charged. Someone's going to go to jail. Someone's going to get executed Ex- for treason. 
Except Absolutely. when you open the doors of the of the rooms in the Willard, instead of seeing like Goldfinger or something like that, you see Steve Bannon and Alex Jones. It's like this. there's so much red skin. You have no idea. <laughs> Ted Cruz is in there. It just smells like whiskey and regret and red skin and bad hair all over the place. Dan Snyder's trying to find a way in. <laughs> this crowd is so bad. They don't even let Dad Dan Snyder come in. Come on, man. We don't need your trouble around here. <laughs> listen, uh, listen, Landover. Why don't you go out in the suburbs to a bar? All right. This is a Washington <laughs> DC establishment. Uh well, on top of that, uh they weren't just meeting at the Willard, but uh Rolling Stone had a had a report uh that I only got to read half of because my uh my internet dis- or my uh my browser decided to update at the moment I was reading halfway through it, and then the next time I clicked on it. It reached the subscription limit, which is always irritating. You know, sidebar. Uh, I was uh, like one day on one of my news feeds, like a story from like the San Francisco Chronicle pulled, pulled, uh, went up. A newspaper that I never read. I, yeah. I don't think I've ever clicked on a Chronicle article before. No. But like this spe- specific story was about something not important, but it was like something that like I cared about. So I clicked on it. And they're just like, oh, to read this one, you have to be a subscriber to the San Francisco Chronicle. It only costs you $20 a month. And I'm just like, motherfucker, I want to read one story. Can, I, can you please get either like, A, give me one. Like, I feel like yeah. one should be the bare give minimum. Yeah. Or B, give me an option to give you like a penny to read this one. <laughs> like, you know, do something. Because like, I'm not going to pay 20 bucks a month to read the one article about the, the big... Uh, luxury condominium that's sinking. <laughs> you know, also, like, Google News, stop suggesting me stories that are behind a goddamn paywall. Because every oh, time makes... I find a paywall story, it's a Google News link. Yeah, and I hate it because I'll click it and then I'll I'll be like, oh, can't read to re- read this story, and then all of a sudden I see paywall and I'm like, nope, bye. <laughs> but but once you've clicked, now you're more likely to be suggested that <laughs> media source like the SF Chronicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like. Fuck no, Google! I don't want Chronicle articles. I'm not paying. <laughs> I uh. So anyway, uh, Rolling Stone of the article that I read, uh, about half of. There were uh, January six attackers, people who were involved in the insurrection, uh, had dozens of meetings with people on the house or in the house and uh, people at the White House, uh, in regards to uh, getting things ready for this January sixth attack. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, just in your mind, close your eyes, say to yourself, who are the Congress people who are responsible for hosting these meetings? Uh, And you probably have a list about five or six names, and I'm about to rattle them all off right now for you. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, uh, Gosar, uh, Madison Cawthorn, uh, Louis Gomer, (laughs) literally all these. Yeah. All the people you hear all the time who... uh, uh, are right in the thick of insurrectionist tendencies. Um, I think th- this, let me just describe this. And, and I think they have a word for this. Uh, a bunch of people meet in relative secret to plan an overthrow of the government. What? I feel like there's a term for that. It, conspiracy. Is that a conspiracy? Sounds a little bit like a conspiracy. I mean, yeah. I mean, conspiracy is definitely like if, if I met with somebody else to, plan an illegal act it's certainly conspiracy that feels like it right yeah yeah but i mean like i feel like in this specific case there's a 
there's a higher a higher calling, you know, like right, right. I mean, and like treason. I mean, maybe if we combine the two of them, like a conspiracy right. to commit treason. Uh, that that seems like a, that seems <laughs> like a thing that would work. I think. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like uh, I should be hired at the Justice Department right now because uh, tomorrow I would walk into the into the office and I'd say, "Hey, shouldn't we do something about all this conspiracy to commit treason?" And then uh, all the Department of Justice lawyers would just look at me and it's just like, uh, "We mostly just watch YouTube around here." And I'll be Where, like, "Don't worry, Merrick Garland. Where's Don't Merrick worry, Garland. Uh, he's watching YouTube too." He's got really into the ASMR thing. Do you know? Do you know what that is? If there is somebody who is into <laughs> ASMR, it is Merrick Garland. The soft spoken, just, just listening to a finger know? like going up against a matchbook cover. Like. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Ooh, calm hey, down, Merrick. Hey, Merrick right. Garland, get get your ear real close for this one. Do your fucking job, bitch. There we go. How about do your job or quit? <laughs> do your job Eric or quit. Garland. I I feel like I I don't even want to give him the option. I just want to call him a bitch. Like he ain't doing shit. I really like what. Uh, I understand that the White House and the Department of Justice wants to have their hands off relationship. I'm totally cool with that. Uh, but you know, I also think that there's a, you know, like I'd like to have a hands off relationship with like my CPA because I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know better than them, you know? I'd rather I'm them just handle stuff. I'm not trying to tell them what stuff. to do. Yeah, yeah, I'm not telling them what to do. I'm not telling them how to do his job. But if I looked at my at my numbers and I realized my CPA fucked me real bad, you better believe I'm going to call him up and say, like, hey, what is this? <laughs> Explain yourself, you know? Like, no. uh... <laughs> Thinking about it, I have some concerns. I'm almost <laughs> glad Merrick Garland didn't get on the Supreme Court because I feel like... Some of those guys, the newer guys especially, would just bully him, and he'd be like, "Okay, all right, all right, gun, yeah, everybody gets a gun at birth. Everybody gets a gun. I'm with you. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> yes, we're not women. We don't need abortions. I don't know why this is such a uh, such a problem. The worst part of it would have been if he would have been if he would have been voted in when Obama put him in. He would have quit after two years because they would have insisted that he do work, that he do something all day with his life. First of all, and he would just have been like, "I don't want to do." Work. I don't want to do work. You're you're making me show up to places and judge cases. That's what I used to do. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm enjoying this not doing anything thing. To be fair, so why don't you just basically why don't I just quit? Why don't I just quit and this Trump guy can find my replacement? (laughs) That would have that's what it would have happened because clearly uh, Merrick Garland doesn't give a shit about doing the job he's been picked for. Uh, Mm -hmm. He'd rather just. uh, you know, twiddle some thumbs, just like this. Or just or sit around, wait. twiddle thumbs all day. Is it possible that he's bitter about not getting a Supreme Court job? So now he's just like, oh, no, keep paying my check, motherfucker. I'm just going to sit here and not do fuck all. This is a wildcat strike. I ain't telling you shit. If I get passed over for a promotion, best believe my ass is like, all right, keep paying me. Oh, well. Uh, you say, would you say you do around here? Whatever the fuck I want. Yeah, my face. Will you fire me? Go ahead. Go ahead. Mayor Garland shooting a new version of Office Space <laughs> with the <laughs> Department of Justice. I'm seeing another skit. I feel like there's something here. It could be comedy gold. Fucking Jim Comey in the corner, like down in the basement. I do believe you have my stapler. <laughs> Why are you still here? I thought we fired you. Uh, 
I was told this I'm is where I should to, go. Uh, come down here. <laughs> I'll burn the building down. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who's the boss in this case? Um, <laughs> who's a Who's the Lumberg of this whole situation? Yeah, who's Lumberg? Because uh, nobody seems to be checking on shit. It ain't Biden, that's for fucking sure. Um, maybe it's Budejedge. Maybe he's just like, uh, how's everything going here, guys? Don't you, shouldn't you do some work? What are you... I'm going to need you to come in this weekend. Uh... It wouldn't be Budejedge. Budejedge has got his own scheme going on over transportation. Uh, oh yeah, the whole I'm not working, like a paternity leave, I'm out. Okay. Yeah. Listen, no, I I'm totally in support of him having paternity leave and I think that he should do it. But at the same time, I would like it if in between the story of him becoming transportation secretary and him taking paternity leave, I heard Something. any other story about him doing anything. This is the whole, this is the whole problem I have. Like, you know, I was willing to give Biden a a uh, a little break. But at the same time, I expected at some point he'd start doing things like, you know, like. <laughs> is it is it possible that Jen Pasecki is uh, is Lumberg in this situation? Just like walking around saying things, defending it. Pasecki. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or uh, Saki, right? Yeah. It's Saki. The piece silent. Say. Yeah. Uh, is, is it possible that she's Lumberg? Just like uh, giving bad news, but doing it with a smiling face. And uh, I'd be if Lumberg only does only did his thing on TV. <laughs> yeah yeah like a max headroom like, situation yeah this is actually turning more into a dilbert comic where like the boss <laughs> is inept and nobody really knows what they're doing and the one guy who can do his job is just hamstrung from doing anything because everybody's so terrible Dude, well, it's, it's just wally is i mean i'm there i'm seeing i'm seeing a dilbert comic in my head the worst part about this whole thing is scott adams would fucking hate the fact <laughs> that we're talking about the. <laughs> you say the worst i say it's the best thing Come at me, Scott Adams. What do you got? What are you going to draw me in a comic? All right, let's do it. What, are you going to vote for Trump again and lose? Ah. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I think I think if you're looking for a valuable time to waste uh, waste whatever uh, hours you're spending at the Department of Justice, you know where the best place to do that is? I mean, I feel like YouTube videos could be found somewhere. Oh, the anthem.com, Corey, oh, the anthem.com. We can come by Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and the Whistler line, 443-219-7595. What's that number again? 443-219-7595. And you okay. can find me at my website, CoreyBickerFilmmaker.com, except for you can't because it's currently down, <laughs> but uh, we'll be up shortly. Um, in the meantime, uh, Facebook at uh, Facebook.com forward slash CoreyBickerFilm, and I'd like just leave, oh, excuse me. At Legends to be five on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, and baby's coming. So excited for that. Oh, was that it? Yeah, that's I was it. That's, not that's tease all my you with a new content yell, but uh, I, I, I have nothing left. I, I mean, I, listen, uh, wait, wait, wait. Let me listen, I was. I, I, I told you about an idea for a new piece of content that I'd like to do, but then you guys went to the movies without me. Uh, I mean,. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Um, you're you're in a new phase of life. Uh, stop choosing a woman. Stop choosing one of two women over us, and then we will start choosing you. If okay? I knew about it, I would have said no. <laughs> I have plans. Uh, all I'm saying is, uh, we've talked about on this podcast, uh, one, uh, work three days a week, or three days a month. Two, a now taking paternity leave, which sounds to me like the perfect opportunity to create some content. 
I'm really judging this whole situation right now. You really are. <laughs> I keep giving you I keep giving you rope and saying like, no, 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 he's gonna do it. Don't worry. And then it just eventually, comes back, back eventually he'll do something. <laughs> well, you can find me at Robert and Chico on your social media networks, robertandchico.com. We have links to everything I'm doing. I am still theoretically streaming on uh, Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Robert and Cheek. You can come play with me on Kukurius, K-A-N-K-O-U, space, K-E-R, space, Y-S, uh, on Call of Duty. Uh, that's what I'm doing most of my time. I'm also reading and writing, um, starting my young uh, adult, uh, or yeah, my young adult <laughs> fiction series of books, which uh, Corey's Child is the star of. So, <laughs> Casey, if you're listening to this, one, I'm sorry. Uh, two. Uh, Why are you yes, going through the back catalog? Something must have gone horribly wrong. I want to learn who my dad was. And then three episodes in, like, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> She's like, I want to listen to the episode where he talks about how the Department of Justice fell apart. <laughs> we were promised it would be better when it wasn't under Bill Barr. Well, where is it? Where is it? First of all, do you not? That is not what she would say. Um, maybe that's what she would say. That's not how she would say it. What she's going to be around someone who speaks barely English, <laughs> and she'll also be around Roberto and Katia. So, I mean, there, there's going to be a real mixed accent. Did we talk about the fake accent can thing I, on the podcast? Can I? Uh, can I? Can I? Can I give you a, a quick preview of what she might sound like? Go ahead, please do. Sailboat. Oh, has it hit you somewhere? Does that make you feel? No, no, no. <laughs> you know why it hasn't hit me somewhere? Because as soon as she sent me that video, I started twice a week calls with him where I would talk about boats, boats all the time until I wrung and smoothed and ironed that accent out of him. And now he's fine. Just now do, it's fine. Just do wait. Because he's getting, he gets it like a little bit rather than every moment, every waking moment for all of his life. Just you wait. You're gonna come up, you're gonna go home to visit him. He's just be like, come on, guys, show you where all the kids hang out. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, there's so many words I must fix. I know, no, no listen, if, if it gets uh, <laughs> if if it gets that far, uh the only thing I would have to say about that is I was at a point in my life one time where I didn't care about the future. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to be 40. Burn the whole planet down. I'm back there. Uh, let's just take off and nuke it from space. Uh, that's Rob, the only way. The Rob only way. just walks into the kitchen where Sarah's standing, like wiping off one dish. And he's drinking his coffee. He's just like, uh, so I've been thinking of Max. And you ever read the book Lord of the Flies? <laughs> no, I would do what I would do for him what I did for myself. That's send him to an overpriced New York <laughs> educational facility where he will learn that he sounds like a country bumpkin and then smooth that shit out of the voice on his own. <laughs> He'll take care of it all himself. It didn't work for me. My accent only got worse in New York. You're when absolutely I, right. It did. But when, uh, when he, be, luckily, when, he shares my genes. Not yours, my so my problem is anytime I hear an accent, my accent comes back harder. I feel like it's a competition. Uh, well, I think we've done good here today. <laughs> Well, all right, yo. I would say that we we dang though did something, but I don't we know if it was did good. something. <laughs> we did something. I don't know if it's good, but as always, listening to the Anthem podcast, part of the Odeon Digital Network. For Corey, this is Rob. Have a great week, everybody. Especially you, Casey. Stay inside. Just another week or six, you'll be fine. <laughs>
or, or you know, 12 months. I don't know. I don't know how long they can stay in there, but I feel like, uh, you know, by the I way, I really want that uh, 50 pound baby with red hair and freckles to come out. By the way, in fantasy, I have like the Schrodinger's uh, Alvin Kamara going on right now where I needed him to score a lot of points for one league and not a lot of points for the other league. <laughs> needed him. To Why score would exactly. you do that? What? Oh, I guess I, just week to week. I was going to say week to week. I'm yeah, playing against him in one league and I'm playing with him in another. And well, in he other fucked fantasy, me. <laughs> in other fantasy news, I have one good quarterback, <laughs> uh, really one quarterback at all. And uh, he went down in the fourth quarter after scoring no points all day. So uh, I'm not even going to look. We're just going to set the, set the team for next week and uh, call it a day. Uh, bye. Bye.